Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. It's Tuesday, May the 25th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Still a bit of a grey old day across Kent. Let's keep some fingers crossed for some sunshine over the bank holiday weekend. Got plenty coming up in today's episode. But first, it's understood legislation inspired by a Kent boy bringing in tougher sentences for those convicted of child cruelty might soon be passed. Tony's law is named after six-year-old Tony Hodgell from Kings Hill, who had to have his legs amputated after being abused by his birth parents as a baby. You may well have seen pictures of Tony over the past year. He did some incredible fundraising during the pandemic and has raised millions for the hospital that saved his life. Well, his adoptive mum has been campaigning for the maximum prison sentence of 10 years to be increased, and now it's thought an amendment will make that a reality. We'll hear from Paula Hudgel in a moment, but first, here's Tunbridge and Morning MP Tom Tugendhat, who's backing the campaign and has made that amendment to the policing bill. The kind of offences I'm talking about are extremely rare. Tony Hudgel is one of, thank God, very few children who are so brutalised by their birth parents or by their carers that they end up so damaged. But that doesn't mean that they don't deserve the same justice as anybody else. The reason they don't get it in quite the same way is not because anybody's trying to be harsh, but because of the way that we look at guilt. We try to identify, quite understandably, those who are specifically guilty for each blow, for each level of abuse. And a baby like Tony, I mean, he was less than two months old, could never have given evidence in a court to achieve that level of proof. But I don't think that's right. I think we should look at this as a joint responsibility. And I think we should see this for the damage that it's done to children like Tony. So I think we need stiffer sentences and that's what I'm pushing for. And can you talk about why this amendment is tied to the policing bill and why you think that this time you hope it will obviously be accepted, whereas beforehand, obviously, um, it hasn't been? So this is tied to the policing bill because the government has introduced a fantastic piece of legislation here. And the important bit about the piece of legislation is that this is about sentencing. And what that means is it's about stiffening the sentences on those who are the worst Uh, criminals in our society and making sure that the rest of us are protected. Now, I think that's hugely important. I'm very glad that that's exactly what the government has done. So I completely support the government. And this is an amendment to make sure that a small change is done so that we get the right sentences for child cruelty offences as well. And what is the sort of next step in this process then? And how confident are you that this time it will obviously become part of the bill and we will have Tony's law? So I've been speaking to the Lord Chancellor. I've speaking to the Justice Minister, Chris Philp, and I've been speaking to many others. It's now going through committee stage and I look forward to hearing what comes out from that. But I think there's a real chance here to make a fantastic difference. Not sadly to Tony who has already, thank God, found the love of a fantastic and amazing family in the Hudgels. And if anybody wants to uh, see what a real family can do for an extraordinarily vulnerable child, just look at what they have achieved together. It's a a real story of love and, and the power of compassion. But it will make a difference, I think, to some of the most seriously abused children around the world, uh, around the UK, forgive me, who um, may find themselves in such situations because This change would allow judges to have an ongoing uh, licensing arrangement as well, so that 
those who are particularly guilty could be recalled to prison should they violate their licence. Paula has also been speaking to our colleagues at KMTV. It's been a battle for the last three years um, since the trial. Um, it makes no difference to Tony, um, whatever happens, um, but this will, going forward for um, other cases similar to Tony's, hopefully not many at all, um, it will just give the judges more powers to uh, be able to um, set tougher sentences. Well, with this new, uh, this new amendment, we're actually pushing for 14 years for um, if a child survives. So like in Tony's case, then the judge could have given a, a, a sentence of 14 years, um, which with the new restrictions as well, where they serve two thirds, at least that would have meant that they would have had 10 years in prison. Um, the other side of it, um, where a child dies, we've actually pushing now for life to bring in line with other um, sentences for other crimes um, of the same sort of relevance um, that would get life. And just because they're a child, why shouldn't they? I know, uh, you know, cases are hard to prove, so it can't be um, charged on the other circumstances um, if we don't know which one actually caused the injuries and which one allowed the injuries. But as in the case of Tony's, both of them, one of them caused them, one of them allowed them. And they, you know, they were both as culpable as each other, um, and hence why the jury came back within 45 minutes. And in cases like this, this is where we need to be able to have, allow the judges to have tougher tariffs. Because judges don't very rarely give out a maximum sentence. I mean, we were lucky because it opens up all the appeals to all the appeal courts, um, but, and the appeal obviously stayed with ours as well. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and concerns have been raised about why a 15-year-old from Sheppey was able to walk away from a counselling session just hours before he took his own life. Ellis Murphy-Richards told staff at Seashells in Sheerness about his dangerous thoughts but left when they recommended he was taken to A&E. His mum has previously blamed social media app TikTok, claiming it was a serious factor in her son's death. An inquest is expected to continue for another two days. The partner of a Medway man whose body was found dumped in a wheelie bin has told a court his final words to her were, I won't be long, I love you. Stephen Chapman had shown Rebecca Leader a picture on his phone of a man he was going to meet. He never came home and was later found stabbed. 19-year-old George Knights from Dells Road in Rochester denies murder. The trial in Maidstone continues. Now, it's a year since the murder of George Floyd in America shocked the world. A video showing a police officer kneeling on his neck as he gasped for breath prompted widespread Black Lives Matter protests about racism and police brutality. So, 12 months on, what's happened in Kent and is there still racial inequality? Ollie has been chatting to Carol Stewart, who is chair of the Medway African and Caribbean Association. I think it sort of set off a, a chain of um, discussions amongst a lot of people, because I, I think I think certainly as an organisation, as, as, um, as a black person, I've known of the existence of racism, I've experienced it both on a personal level and an institutional level. And, and I think un until um, people saw it in, in full view, I think there was this kind of disbelief. It's like, well, yeah, we know, we know that there's a little bit there, but it's not that bad, really. And I think until people saw that this person was being murdered um, in full view of the whole world, it, it kind of made them sit up and think, oh, my God, that we, 
we do have a problem and seeing some of the responses to it as well, you know, bordering on from, well, you know, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. If he wasn't, you know, didn't have a dodgy $20 note, he wouldn't have died, all that kind of stuff. But no, and then, and obviously the, um, the, the subsequent conviction of, of Derek Chauvin um, has just shown that um, it's kind of, it sort of brought it home for people um, that, that there are people in um, the police all over the world who have got um, racist views, racist behaviour, and they need to be rooted out. You know, we're, we're seeing, I think, a number of cases now coming to light where, um, you know, people are questioning um, the recruitment practices of the police all, all over the world. So I think for, for me, I think it's sort of like it set off conversations that needed to be had that as an organisation we've been having for, for years, as a person I've been having this conversation as a child. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's also tinged with sadness that it's taken for him to be murdered for people to sit up and, and listen, really. As well, because obviously George Floyd is not the first, was not the first person either to die at the hands of police officers. It's something that no. America's had a long and bloody history of. Um, but, but it was it was this one that sort of just set the world on fire, didn't it? And I suppose a part of that was the recording of it as well and it being it being so clear for people to see. I mean, yeah. that footage is horrible footage and it's been it's been viewed by millions of people across the world. It's been broadcasted. Mm. It, it's it's almost impossible to ignore, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. You couldn't ignore it. I mean, you know, when I grew up, the first uh, murder at the hands of the police was in Wolverhampton, uh, Clinton McCurbin. And that set up a whole chain of, of, of events. And then obviously with the murder of Stephen Lawrence um, and the subsequent mishandling of the police investigation. And to this day, there are still people there roaming free who um, were, you know, were, haven't been found guilty of, of his murder. Again, it's, it's, it's always taken for somebody to be murdered for the organisation to say, look, we've really got a problem. We need to look at our practices. We need to look at our values. We need to look at our training. And those conversations still need to be had, unfortunately, because I think some have engaged more than others, but we, we still find it a bit of a struggle in some quarters. Police officer Derek Chauvin was convicted on two counts of murder and one count of manslaughter last month. The trial of three other officers is due to get underway in the summer. Kent Online reports. A designer on TV's Your Home Made Perfect has said she's quitting Twitter after racist comments were posted during last night's programme. The show made a return to our screens and featured Shelley and Steve from Bromley, whose home was given a stunning transformation. Laura Jane Clark said a small number of racist comments were utterly despicable and wholly unacceptable. A walk-in COVID clinic in Medway is going to open this weekend. Over 40s who haven't had their first jab yet will be able to go to St Mary's Island Community Centre in Chatham without booking an appointment first. It'll be open between 10 in the morning and 3 in the afternoon on Saturday. More than 4,700 penalty notices have been given to drivers caught speeding in the Operation Brock contraflow system on the M20 in the months it was used after Brexit. A barrier was put in place and a 50 mile per hour limit between Maidstone and Ashford between January and April. The system was designed to ease congestion on the roads if there were delays at the port of Dover and Eurotunnel. 
those problems never materialised. A lorry driver who tried to smuggle nine people out of the UK via Dover has been jailed for six years. The 48-year-old Romanian was arrested at the port after they were found in the back of his HGV last December. Among the group was a suspected child sex offender who was also detained and charged. Parents of children at a Medway school say they've been frozen out of a crucial vote on changing term dates. The old head teacher at Academy of Woodlands in Gillingham told them they could have a say, but now the new one says the integrity of the consultation has been compromised. It will now be decided by governors, prompting anger from mums and dads. We're being encouraged to find out more about war graves in Kent and the stories behind those who lost their lives in conflict. Details have been put online, giving us a chance to find out who lived where we do and died in the First and Second World Wars. Among them is Arthur Woolacott, who lived in Gillingham. You can read his story at kentonline.co.uk. Now, a rare black jaguar has been born at a Kent animal park. Keepers at the Big Cat Sanctuary in Smarden near Ashford say both mum and cat are doing great. She's one of only 10% of jaguars to have black fur. James Hannaway is from the sanctuary. She's a black jaguar, a melanistic jaguar, and she was born to Kira and Neron, uh, a pair we've had in the endangered species breeding program here. And she's getting on great. She's fantastic. And she is growing well, we're happy to say. And she's turning into a very, very feisty little girl. We're thinking probably August time is when she'll be out and about if we're lucky. She's with mum at the moment, so slightly separate from dad, and that would happen out in the wild, so mum would, would care for the cub, and they would, she would keep her protected. But that also allows us to keep an eye on the cub's welfare, to do health checks, so the keepers will sort of babysit for Kira, keep an eye on her, make sure she's growing healthily, make sure her teeth are okay, eyes, everything else that they need to check with them. But also a big part of it is a familiarization with the people that are gonna be looking after her as she grows up. We were open, you know, just for a small part of uh, 2020. So, and, and that for us is our sort of, as a charity, it's our social enterprise model. So the income of people coming, and also for us, obviously, uh, the cats can catch COVID. So we have a lot of safety procedures that we run anyway uh, here at the Big Cat Sanctuary, but we're just increasing those to keep everyone safe and happy. And we can keep that money coming in to keep on looking after the animals that we care for, but also, funding that conservation work. And not wanting to make you feel old, but it's 30 years today since the likes of Danny Minogue, Sunita and Boy George were performing at a gig in Kent. The festival at Bream Park near Canterbury was on the Maybank holiday back in 1991 and tickets, would you believe, cost just £11 from our price. You can see pictures from back in the day on the website. Kent Online Sport. Two Kent gymnasts have been selected to represent Team GB at the Tokyo Olympics this summer. British all-around champion James Hall is a member of the Pegasus Gym in Maidstone, while 2021 European medalist Gianni Regini Moran is from Gravesend. Football and former Chillingham player Tyreke Johnson has signed for non-league Woking. The 22-year-old had joined the Jills on loan from Southampton in January before making the deal permanent, but only started one game and made six appearances as a sub. And every council in Kent and the rest of the UK is being asked by government ministers to approve the return of Parkrun. Over half of the venues for the free weekly timed 5k haven't been given the go-ahead, putting its comeback on the 26th of June in doubt. The one in Tunbridge usually takes place at the racecourse there. Nicholas Heslop is the council leader. It's the volunteers. You know, the Parkrun really depends upon the volunteers. We've got a great racecourse director here, Anthony Lester, and you know, you know, the, the the, the volunteers need to feel safe and comfortable that they can return the parkrun. You know, every week is dependent upon the volunteers.
volunteers. They give their time, you know, free of charge. They do it because it's something that they love. They give lots of uh, enjoyment to those that take part in the park run, including myself. He was speaking to MP Tom Tugendhat on Tom's Insta. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.